You are now tuned in to the Sports with Squill podcast. What's up? What's good, everyone? Hope you all are doing well. Welcome to another episode of the Sports with Squill podcast. I'm your host, William Ricks, also known as Squilliam. A lot's going on in this past week of sports, and there's a lot to get to. So enough of the chit-chat, and I'm not even going to get into no small talk. Let's just get right into the news and update you in the world of sports. So the first piece of news we're going to start off with involves NASCAR. And if you told me I would be covering NASCAR about two or three weeks ago, yeah, I would have told you you were crazy. But here we are. And what happened to NASCAR is um, a noose was found in the garage of Bubba Wallace. Um, he's a driver, the only full-time black driver on the NASCAR Cup Series. And that noose was found in his garage at the Talladega Speedway before a race on this past Sunday, June 21st. The noose was seen by a team member of his not Wallace himself, and it was reported to NASCAR, and NASCAR uh, went and made a statement, and they wanted to investigate, so they asked the FBI for assistance on this investigation, and the race didn't happen on Sunday, it was postponed to Monday, but on Monday, other NASCAR drivers supported Wallace and stood in solidarity with them, and they had a pre-race ceremony where they pushed his number 43 car to the front um, on pit road, and this actually invoked a response from the owner of Team 43, where Bubba Wallace drives, uh, Richard Petty, who is also a legend in NASCAR, and a bunch of statements came out from various NASCAR drivers and analysts talking about how they condemned this, they wanted to get the person who was responsible, and so Wallace finished 14th in the race, and at the time, uh, Wallace said that the person who did it was not going to take away the smile, he was going to keep going and advocating for change, and Wallace has been a voice in NASCAR advocating for change in terms of race relations and racism in the sport. And he was also a big a big person who was um, speaking about the Confederate flag and how that needs to be eradicated from NASCAR and that prompted the league to do so in a quick fashion. And so the story developed throughout the week and the FBI concluded their investigation and the FBI concluded that Wallace was not a victim of the hate crime. And according to evidence, photo evidence and video evidence, the noose-like object or what they said quote-unquote, a pull rope fashion like a noose was um, in the Talladega garage on the garage door since last fall. So they wrapped up their investigation, said no hate crime. It's been there for a while, and now it's pretty much the end of it. Now, in my personal opinion, I'm glad that it wasn't a hate crime because that would have been even more disgusting to see. But at the same time, I've been... In uh, multiple garages, I worked at a car wash where there was a garage um, there and never have I ever seen a pull rope for a garage door that was shaped like a noose. So that's just my perspective on it. I don't really. Yeah, that just seems very odd to me. But at the end of the day, Bubba Wallace was not the victim of a hate crime, which is good. Um, He still is going to be advocating for change within the sport and has already seen results as um after his race where he finished 14th on Monday, he was um, embraced by the black fans that were there. So even though it was a situation that needed to be investigated and it was, it's good to see that he wasn't a victim of a hate crime and that he is still advocating for change in the sport of NASCAR. So that is the biggest news I think of the week, just given how serious it was 
and how impactful that ceremony was that the other NASCAR drivers did for him, standing in solidarity with him on pit road before the race that happened on Monday. So baseball is officially back, people, and that's pretty exciting. Um, The MOB and the MOBPA, their Players Association, agreed to a 60-game season that is going to start roughly in late July. Um, They're targeting July 23rd or 24th as the start date. Um, Both parties agreed to health and safety protocols, and players are expected to report to their team's training camps by July 1st, which is next Wednesday. Um, so a couple things that changed about the season, as I mentioned already, it's going to be 60 games and players are going to get their full prorated salaries for those 60 games. And 60 games is roughly 37% of their usual 162 game season. So to put it very bluntly, players will probably get 37% of their full salary for this season, which I mean, players are always going for their prorated salaries. They wanted all the money they could get, but you know, Here's where they are. Um, here are some rule changes that are coming for this season as well. It's going to be universal DH, so a designated hitter. So both leagues, the National League and the American League, both have to have a DH um, in their lineups. Um, if it so happens a game goes to extra innings, there will be a runner placed on second base in extras. I guess to try to speed up the process of the games. Um a pitchers will be getting a wet rag for their fingers instead of licking their fingers to prevent the spread of uh, COVID, which makes complete sense. And some of the health and safety um, protocols are going to be put in place. Players are going to get tested three to four days before camp, and then they're going to be have their temperature taken twice a day during the season. And during the season, if any player or training camp, rather, any player or staffer who tests positive for coronavirus or has a temperature over 100.4 degrees must self-isolate immediately, and those who test positive must have two subsequent negative tests at least 24 hours apart before they're eligible to return to their team. Um, Some other things to note about the return of the MLB season in terms of health, there's going to be, they really are going to limit contact other than tags, meaning tagging people out, there's no spitting, and one thing that I found quite hilarious and what is needed is that if any player or manager comes within six feet of an umpire, because usually in baseball, they get into these little rants and arguments. So if, if a player or manager comes in with comes to within six feet of an umpire, they could result. It could result in them being ejected and a potential fine coming for them afterwards. So that's going to be interesting because a lot of people enjoy baseball because of the arguments and the rants and all that stuff that happens. Um, as you all should know by now, it's going to be held without fans. So it's just good that baseball was able to come to a deal, even though the MLB kind of imposed the 60 game season. Because if you haven't been following, um, the MLB and the MLBPA have been going through some pretty tense negotiations and they have not been able to get to a deal. So Commissioner Rob Manfred and the league just decided, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And this is how the season's going to go. But nevertheless, we're going to get some baseball in the summer, which is good for all baseball fans. I might even tune in to a couple baseball games um, this year. Never really been a huge baseball fan, but I couldn't just watch it. It was just too boring to watch. But, you know, I might give it a shot this year now that the games are limited to 60. And the playoffs are going to start around late September and going to run through October. 
So be happy. More sports are coming back in July, you know? It's good, it's good to finally get sports coming back. So more sports content is on the way. So keep it locked on the Sports with Squill Podcast. So we're moving on to the NFL, and there was some big news that dropped um, from the NFL on Thursday. And the news comes from ESPN's Adam Schefter, and he reports that the NFL is going to cancel the Hall of Fame game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys that was set to take place on August 6th. And the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony is going to be postponed until 2021. Now, the the cancellation and the postponement of these events is due to the coronavirus, which is the first instance the NFL has had to cancel or postpone events due to the, due to COVID-19 um, this year. Now, given the NFL was in the off-season mode when everything broke out in terms of COVID, they were still able to have a virtual free agency period, have um, virtual off-season programs, and even had their virtual first virtual NFL draft, which garnered much success. And something else that comes from the uh, that relates to the NFL is that Dr. Anthony Fauci actually made a statement saying that it will be hard for the NFL to have much success this season amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, unless they inherit some kind of bubble type of scenario, much like the NBA is planning to do when their season restarts. So that's something to keep note of. And I believe um, the NFL has replied to those statements I'm saying they're going to be actively watching and will make the necessary changes when needed. Some other NFL news. Um, Dak Prescott signed his franchise tender with the Cowboys this week um, and is expected to report to training camp on time. The tender is worth $31.4 million and Dak getting paid. They also have until, I think, mid-July to try to get a long-term deal done, although there has been not so much progress on that up to this point. I believe Dak is asking close to the $40 million range, which, yeah, I'm not going to cover that because I'll talk about that in my in my perspective segment. So I'll leave that for another time or later in the episode. Another piece of news is that Jamal Adams requested a trade from the Jets last Thursday, and um, a video surfaced of him responding to a fan asking him if going if he's going to the Cowboys, and he responded with, I'm trying, which is quite um quite interesting, I should say. And also, later this week, the New York Daily News, I believe, put out some news that Jamal Adams' trade request um, was in part due to Adam Gase, which they said is a major factor of why uh, he put in the request. I guess Adams and Gase don't have a good relationship, so that's going to be interesting to see if Adams holds out or causes a ruckus um, in order to get what he wants and to get traded from New York. Um, and the last piece of news, um, if you didn't know, um, Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard was sucker punched by a person in a bar um, on June 20th in South Dakota, which was he was knocked unconscious. But gratefully, the suspect has been arrested and charged with simple assault. So that is good news. And I hope Dallas Goddard is OK. He's doing well, doesn't have any injuries, which I don't believe was reported. So that's good news as well. Um, other than that, it's going to looking really Scary for the NFL in terms of having a season, given Dr. Fauci's comments and their cancellation of the Hall of Fame game and the postponement of the enshrinement ceremony. So that's something that I'm going to keep a close eye on, given me being a huge football fan. So it'll be interesting. Let's see if there's going to be an NFL season, you know.
So I'm going to merge the NBA and WNBA news into one segment this week, given the fact that the common theme between the two is players opting to sit out for the NBA season restart and the WNBA season's actually starting, which is coming in late July for both um, leagues. Um, Starting with the biggest name that is opting to hold out amongst a title contender in the NBA is Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley started 44 games for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, and he opted to sit out of the season restart, citing family concerns and that one of his children um, struggles to recover from respiratory illnesses. So it might not have been likely that he that child would have been allowed to enter the bubble when the season restarts. Um, Avery Bradley has been outspoken about the season restart already. I'm talking about the need for us, need for the league or players to focus on social justice. And in a statement, he said, um, he said, as committed to my Lakers teammates and the organization as I am, I ultimately play basketball for my family. And so at a time like this, I can't imagine making any decision that might put my family's health and well-being at even the slightest risk. He also added to say that, as promised, also, I will use this time away to focus on the formation of projects to help strengthen my communities. Now, with Bradley's sitting out, the Lakers can sign um, a free agent to replace him, and the leading candidate to be signed to replace Bradley is J.R. Smith. As we all know, J.R. Smith is a leading, is a not a leading scorer, but he is a good scorer. Um, he has history with LeBron. Pretty sure we all can remember that game one of the finals. <laughs> That's a meme-worthy moment, or has been. So it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers actually pull the trigger and do that. Also, some other NBA players that um, have chosen to sit out is Davis Bertans of the Washington Wizards. He is sitting out um, of the NBA restart due to his concerns over COVID. He was having a pretty good year, um, a marksman from three, and is planning to become an unrestricted free agent in this upcoming offseason. So it will be interesting to see how him holding out might have an impact on him when it comes to that point um, in the offseason. Trevor Ariza of the Portland Trailblazers also opted to sit out. But this is for a different reason, because he wants to spend more time with his 12-year-old son. And a little bit of background on that is that Ariza has a one-month visitation window with his son, and he wanted to spend as much time as he can with him, given the circumstance. So I respect that, and I applaud him for doing so. Uh, also, some other um, little NBA news is that Nikola Jokic tested positive for COVID-19, and that delays his ability to arrive in the U.S. to join his team, the Denver Nuggets. Um, he is in Serbia, where he has been since the league has been suspended. But um, it's expected that he'll be able to enter the U.S. in about a week. And the last piece of NBA news is that the Raptors were the first team to travel to Florida to prepare for the NBA season restart. And I believe they are at the Florida Gulf Coast University and using their facilities and whatnot to practice and prepare for the season restart. Going to the WNBA, um, some, some more players in that league have chosen to sit out this upcoming season, one of them being Jonquil Jones of the Connecticut Sun. Um, She opted to sit out because of her concerns over COVID-19, and Jones was a key piece in the Suns roster last year. She actually um, helped them get to the WNBA Finals, so it's going to be interesting to see how they fill that void and how big of an impact her absence will be on the team. Two players on the Washington Mystics have opted to sit out, but for different reasons. I'll start with Latoya Sanders first. She opted to sit out because of health reasons, and she released a statement. I'm going to read part of it again, saying, quote, I do believe it is what's best for my health and my family. 
and Natasha Cloud, another player on the Mystics, opted to sit out to focus on social justice, something that she's been active in over the past few months. And she also released a statement. I'm going to read part of it saying, I have a responsibility to myself, to my community, and to my future children to fight for something that is much bigger than myself in the game of basketball. I will instead continue to fight for social reform because until Black Lives Matter, all lives can't matter. Um, some more players that have opted to sit out is um, Atlanta Dreams, Renee Montgomery. Uh, she opted to sit out last week, but she is sitting out for the same reason Natasha Cloud is, to continue to fight for social justice. Um, also, one of her teammates, Tiffany Hayes, also opted to sit out, and she also put out a statement saying, although I love playing this game, I believe there are much more important things to be thinking about at this moment. So every player has their own decision to make, and I, and I believe we as fans and the teams that are involved should respect those decisions. And I think it's good that some players are taking this time to focus on reform or focus on their families or the well-being of their families. So that's been a common theme amongst these two basketball leagues is players opting to sit out and focus on other activities and family obligations instead of returning to the court to play basketball. So those are the big news, the big players that have opted to sit out over this past week. It is now time for Squill Sports Session. This includes rants, hot takes, predictions, perspectives, opinions, and deep discussions. I hope you're ready, so stay tuned and listen up. So there's a couple things I want to discuss on this sports school session. And one of them being NASCAR. I didn't think I'd talk about NASCAR this much in this episode, but look where we are. Uh, just the fact that NASCAR has done a lot in terms of fighting racial injustice, promoting social change in their league, and, and encouraging their players to speak out. In this short amount of time, I'll say, well, maybe a month or two, that's being very generous compared to the NFL. To put in perspective, the NFL just now, maybe early this month, issued an apology of sorts to when it comes to silencing their players from peacefully protesting in their league. While on the other hand, NASCAR has been like, look, like I said, we support them. We encourage them to do this. We are striving for change. We want more inclusion in, in our sport. And they only have one full-time black driver on their NASCAR Cup Series. Compared to the NFL, where almost 70% of, I think 70% or over, of their players are black. Make that make sense for me. Like, that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me, honestly. And on another topic related to NASCAR and NFL, in my personal opinion, I see some parallels between... Bubba Wallace and his kind of using his platform in sports to promote social change and um, promote racial equality and inclusion compared to Colin Kaepernick and what he did. Now, Bubba Wallace hasn't been blackballed or what I said in the last episode, whiteballed by his fellow drivers or his crew manager or anybody who's an authority over him. Like Colin Kaepernick got whiteballed by the owners in the NFL. But I really think that these two individuals making a stand in their sport for something that's right speaks volumes. And I think there are some parallels people can draw between the two um, the two individuals. So 
I just, I just, that really made me think this week. Like, Bubba Wallace, I mean, along with the NASCAR being open to it, really got the Confederate flag out of the um, NASCAR events and um, locations. And that's a big thing to do because that Confederate flag has been around for NASCAR for a long time. And I mean a long time. So I really think that they're on a similar path, Colin Kaepernick and um, Bubba Wallace, in terms of social injustice, fighting social injustice and promoting racial equality and inclusion in their sports. And I encourage both of them to keep doing what they're doing because even though it took four years, change is coming in the NFL in terms of Kaepernick. And it took a lot less time, but change is coming. Change has come. Let me say that change has come in terms of NASCAR when it when Bubba Wallace has spoken out, you know? So I think that's really quite eye-opening to see how NASCAR is quick on it. They were quick on it. Hey, one of our drivers is speaking out. We're going to support him. We're going to do this, that, and the third. While compared to the NFL, they were trying to really hush Kaepernick. Be like, oh, we really don't want him messed up our bottom line. Because at the end of the day, that's what it was. The NFL was worried about their bottom line and their fans and even the president at the time. And the backlash they received for Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and protesting during the national anthem. That was just something on my mind that I just thought I should get off. And I appreciate NASCAR for being so active and quick. And the NFL, they're coming around to it. Yeah, it took them four years, but they're coming around. And there's still more work to be done in both sports. But I just want to point out how quickly NASCAR has jumped into the fray, the social justice fight, compared to the NFL that kind of dragged its feet and was like, oh, they did it when it was popular. I said that last I was too, doing it when it was popular. They did it when it was popular and when it was like more in their face compared to NASCAR, even though it was it's popular now. They seem like they're digging their heels in. You know, look, we're going to make change and it's going to happen now. So that was just something I thought I should share with you guys. And let me know if you guys think the same thing, you know, or if you think differently or you think I'm just spewing a bunch of BS, which honestly, I don't think I am. But, you know, I'll listen to your comments anyway. But, yeah, let me know. I said that I'd cover this um, earlier in the episode, and now it's time to really get down into this this topic. So I mentioned earlier that Dak Prescott signed his $31.4 million uh, franchise tenders reporting to camp, and also mentioned in NFL News that Jamal Adams requesting a trade. That's because he wants a new contract, and it hasn't happened. Now, this goes into a more general subject of players either playing out their contract or winning contract extensions. Focusing on Dak for a second, do I believe Dak is an elite quarterback who deserves elite quarterback money? In my opinion, no, not really. Even though his stats are really nice from last year, if you really look into his stats and how he performed against playoff teams, there is kind of a drop off. Not only for him, but for the team as a whole. So if you're going to be considered an elite quarterback, you need to be able to beat those playoff slash elite teams and perform well against them. And as we see, that has not happened. It just hasn't. I mean, Jamal Adams, he's a top-tier uh, top tier safety in the league. He's been a subject of a bad team around him with the Jets and a lack of, I guess, just 
pride, I guess you could say, um, being on the Jets roster because the Jets are just have been an abomination, even though they have a young QB and Sam Darnold and a superstar back in Le'Veon Bell. But Adam Gase and hasn't just hasn't been able to do anything with that. And it's kind of sad. I mean, they had injuries and their O-line's garbage, but still. So when it comes to player deserving contracts, do I think a player should play out his rookie deal or should play out whatever contract they have in front of them and wait for a new contract extension? No, I don't think so. Because at the end of a, in in an instant, almost, your career could be over and all that money you thought you were going to make, you're not going to make anymore. So I encourage players to go and get their money. But particularly in this situation with Dak, Dak was asking for like $40 million. Um, This is just me, but Dak's not a $40 million quarterback. I mean, given the franchise tender, given the franchise tender he signed, he's going to be making 31.4. But honestly, I think that's as much as you pay him right now and in his new contract, 31.4 million a year. Because he hasn't proven anything to be paid more than that. He made the playoffs, what, the one year he the one year he was playing when Tony Romo got injured. I think he made the playoffs another year. But he lost. And like so I'm just like, what has Dak really proven? Not just stat wise, because I mean stats can tell only part of the story. But what has Dak proven in terms of winning and being an elite quarterback and leading his team that makes him be a forty million dollar quarterback? Can someone please let me know? Please let me know. Let me know. Because I just haven't seen it yet. And no, I'm not trying to be a cowboy hater. I'm not trying to be a Dak hater. I'm just speaking my opinion, which is like, I just don't see it. Jamal Adams, he has two years left. And he has two years left. So I understand why he wants a new deal. Because he's proven that he can be a top-tier safety. And the Jets have have made it known they want him to be a part of his franchise for a long time. And they promised him an offer in January and haven't gotten it to him. So I understand why Adams is frustrated. And I think Adams has done more to prove that he is a worthy of being, let's say, the highest safety in the league. I think that's I think Eddie Jackson of the Bears is the highest right now, I think at 14.6 million a year. I think Jamal Adams can be the highest paid safety in the league because he's an impact player. And if you watch his tape, it shows. But on the other hand, with Dak, yeah, I got to see more from him. But do you think that um, I want to see what you guys think? Do you think Dak is worthy of a $40 million contract? You think he's worthy of being one of the top five high paid QBs in the league? Let me know. And, you know, you guys can always send your comments and questions to shotsbysquill at gmail.com and just put sports with squill podcast in the subject line and go off. Let me know what you guys think. Comments, questions, anything. Because I really want to know if people think Dak is worth all that money. Because obviously Jerry Jones doesn't. Or maybe he does because they sent him, him a contract. I don't think it was $40 million, but it was somewhere close. But if Dak's asking for 40 I am not giving Dak 40 Because he has not proven to me that he's worth $40 million. Just that simple. More sports content is on the way. So keep it locked on the Sports with Squill podcast. So the last part of this uh, sports school session, this was going to be around uh, coronavirus players opting out and even the honestly scary scenario that sports may start 
it may be canceled or they might not even finish. That's a really real possibility because the NBA, more players are testing positive for coronavirus. Uh, the NFL, more players are testing positive for coronavirus. Uh, those are two main leagues that are kind of getting the most attention at this point. But it's getting really interesting that all these players are testing positive and how can they, how can leagues operate if all these players are testing virus, testing positive for the virus, that the contact, the contact trace, all this stuff, quarantine everybody. So it's really interesting how the leagues are going to manage this. And um, talking about players opting out of their seasons, if you were, for example, if you were an NBA player or a WNBA player and you got the health protocol and all that, and um, I know every situation is different. So take your current situation into consideration. Just think if you're an NBA or a WNBA player and your situation is the same as it is right now. You're just making, would you want to go out there and go into a bubble situation, leave your friends and family for, let's say, the NBA season is going to go from all, from July through October. So that's about almost three months. Would you want to do that? Like, I mean, for me personally, I, lo- I love sports and I love playing the games of sports that I love, for example, football. For example, I'll put it in my, from a personal perspective. If football was like, oh, we're going to this bubble situation for the season, um, you'll get your money, you'll get paid, you just need to stay in this bubble for five months while we play out the season. I go do it because I love football that much. But if you if you like basketball that much or if you like um, hockey that much, because hockey might be doing um, a bubble situation, would you guys want to go into those bubble situations and play your sports leagues? Because that's interesting. Because I know I would, given that I love the sport of football and I would do anything for it. And plus, one thing to think about is if you opt out, you won't make that money you would be if you were going in. So it really depends on your financial situation as well. Now, given that athletes that make a lot of money, um, some of them might not be as worried as others, but still, you're leaving money on the table that you, you could potentially make and at the same time, you might not be able to make that money up that you're losing if you decide to sit out. So I thought that was really interesting to think about. Like, if people, these players who are opting out, they're losing out on money, but they can be more protective of their own health and their family's health while they're sitting out. Or they can do more in, in terms of social justice, fighting racial equality while they're sitting out. So it was really a, really a tricky situation to manage and maneuver through if you were um, an NBA player, WNBA player, football player potentially, because um, they might be in the boat situation, hockey, all sports. And then to kind of end this little segment, the biggest question is, will all these sports leagues be successful? Will they have to cancel in the bubble scenarios? Or will, for example, in the NFL if they don't do a bubble scenario, will that league even happen? They just canceled the Hall of Fame game. Players are still testing positive. So the sports world, even though things are starting to kick back up and we're looking to get we're looking at getting sports in July, are those going are is it gonna last? Are people is it gonna be suspended? Like there's so much uncertainty around the restarts and the start of these seasons and the NFL maybe doing a bubble scenario might not. That's kind of scary. Like, not even going to lie. Like, we could be going without sports, potentially. So let me know what you guys think. Always email me, shotsbysquill at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts about the 
coronavirus, the season restarts, anything related to sports. And I'll be sure to get back to you guys on that mention in my episodes. Sports is coming back, but will they be back for the foreseeable future? That's the real question we have to try to answer. that's going to wrap up everything for this episode and i want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this episode of the sports with school podcast make sure to subscribe to my podcast to never miss an episode also feel free to share the podcast with your friends and family and let me know if you would like me to discuss any other topics in the world of sports if so just shoot me an email at shotsbysquill at gmail.com and put sports with squill in the subject line leave your comments or questions and i'll be sure to cover them in the following episodes Looking forward to talking more sports in the next episode of Sports with Squill. One love from Squill himself.